0: Welcome to Make Me Your Voice with Pastor David Bartowell. These messages are intended to deepen your faith and trust in a living God who speaks to us with hope and reason. Today's message comes to us from the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California.
1: I just want to encourage you today because really the book of Revelation is a book of encouragement. It's a book that was written by the Apostle John who was being persecuted for his faith, and a church that was being persecuted for their faith. And they were experiencing a lot of the same things we're experiencing, not to the degree that they were. I want to begin by sharing that Revelation is a vision. It's a vision of heaven. It's a vision of what's going on in heaven. And as a child, I was enthralled with magicians. I watched like David Copperfield and Siegfried and Roy, and I would go, man, that's amazing. How do they do that? And the one trick that enthralled me the most was when they would saw someone in two, and it would freak me out, and i get really nervous. And one time, I happened to be working on a TV set, and there was a famous magician practicing his tricks, and I asked him if he'd ever cut someone in half. And he said, yes, I have. And I said, well, how do you do that? And he wasn't supposed to show me, but he gave me a vision into how he did it. I couldn't believe it. Now, I'm not going to tell you, but it's amazing. Well, that's what the book of Revelation is. It's a vision of how God does things. It's a vision of what's going on behind the scenes that we don't get to see. It's like a backstage pass that John the Apostle got to see and wrote it down and shared it with us. So it's God's end time plan. That's true. But in that end time plan, we can find encouragement in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, when speaking about end times, we need to talk about it biblically because we are currently living in the end times. We currently live in the last days. In fact, the end times, the last days began the moment Jesus ascended to heaven. In Acts an angel speaks to the apostles and says, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back the same way you've seen him go into heaven. And that's really encouraging to me because what he was saying to those men and women who were there looking up and seeing Jesus go into the air and ascending in bodily form was, hey, don't be discouraged. He's coming back. And at that moment, The time clock began ticking for the end time. We currently live in what's called the church age, which is chapter two and three of Revelation we'll talk about next week. And guess what? We think we've been waiting a long time for Jesus to come back. There's been people waiting a long time and the church has been waiting for 2000 years for Jesus to return. 2020, obviously, has been one of the strangest years on record, and uh, at least in my lifetime. And it seems like the signs of Jesus' return are increasing. And so that's why I wanted to do this sermon through Revelation, God's End Time Plan. It's an eight-part series. Some people get confused about Revelation. Some people get fearful of studying Revelation because of all the imagery and the symbolism. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If you stick to the outline You will be fine. I just finished assembling a desk for my beautiful wife who was gone and has returned home from a trip to see her father. Before I started assembling, I was looking up people's comments. They're saying, Great desk, really hard to assemble. I'm like, Oh, shoot, what did I get myself into? But here's the key I stuck to those directions like my life depended on it because I didn't want to have to go back and fix something because I didn't follow the directions. So we're going to follow the directions for Revelation, and we're going to find it in chapter 1, verse 19. Chapter 1, verse 19 is the key to unlocking Revelation. And here's what it says. Write the things seen, the things which are, and the things to come. The things seen, the things which are, and the things to come. So here's what I say. If God was that specific about an outline of what's supposed to be in the book, let's follow the outline. Things seen, things which are, things to come. Today, we're going to talk about things seen. Next week, we're going to talk about things which are, and then the week after that, we're going to spend the rest of the time talking about things to come. So what's the things seen? That's chapter one, the revelation of Jesus. What's a section in the outline calls things which are? That's chapters two through three, which is the church age, which is the current age we live in. And then the last section is the things to come. What is that? That's chapters four through 22, which are things to come. And we have the rapture and the great tribulation. We have Israel, the redemption of Israel. We have the beast or the antichrist. We have Babylon, which is the unholy city and the unholy nations. We have the second coming, and then we have the new beginnings. So if we stick to this, I think we'll understand we won't get bogged down in all the imagery and symbolism, because that's important. But what's important is the flow and how it applies to our life. Now, revelation, the word, is in Greek, apocalypsis. It means to unveil or disclose. So what was once hidden is now disclosed or revealed. And revelation begins with a vision. It begins with what does John see? And what does John see? He sees Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Because the very opening sentence in the book says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the disclosure of Jesus Christ, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, because it's all about Jesus Christ. So open your Bible to revelation chapter one. We'll start going through this together. Let's begin with one and go through verse three. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants, us, the things which must soon take place. And that word soon is an interesting word. It's the word tacos, tacos. And we get our word, the English word Tachometer. So if you think of a tachometer, it speeds up. So soon could very well mean as time goes by, the signs speed up for the return of Christ. Soon take place. And he sent and communicated by his angel to his servant John. So John received this vision. What did John do? John testified to the word of God. Read the very first line in John's gospel. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So this whole theme of the word of God being Jesus Christ, and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all he saw. Now this verse is really important. If you have your Bible open, read it with me. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy, and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. That is an important thing. If you want to be blessed, then read Revelation, study Revelation, heed Revelation. So that's what we're going to do. So John receives this backstage pass. It's awesome. He sees things that we don't get to see, things that are going on currently, because we have to remember, even though we're stuck to a timeline, God's not stuck to any timeline, He lives outside of time. So everything that's going on is already going on. We just are waiting to get there. Let's continue verses four through eight. John to the seven churches. So this is important. Who is he writing to? He's writing to the seven churches that were in the area at the time that are in Asia Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Well, the seven spirits there is referring to the Holy Spirit and the seven aspects of the Spirit of God. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. Thank you, Jesus. And he has made us to be a kingdom of priests where we serve him and we have access to him, to God and the Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. And then it goes on. Behold, he, Jesus, is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, the cross, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. There's going to be some people who are sad to see him. We'll be happy to see him. So it is to be. Amen. And then Jesus speaks and says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. So think about that. John hung out with Jesus as a human. But the whole time, Jesus is divine, but John saw him as a man. He did get to go to the mountaintop and see him kind of transcend the glory for a few moments. That would be awesome. But now he's seeing him in a whole new light. Where was John seeing him from? Prison. He was on an island, secluded and isolated from all his other brothers and sisters in Christ, all his other friends all his family. Nero, the emperor, put him there. Nero was one of the most cruel and debased dictators ever to live in this world. In fact, Nero, in the late first century, fires broke out in Rome. You've probably heard of that. What did Nero do? He blamed the Christians. He said the Christians did it. So what did the people do? They burnt the Christians up. They tortured the Christians. They persecuted the Christians. Listen, Revelation is not only an apocalyptic book which shows what's going to happen, it's also an encouraging book. Why do I say that? Imagine living in a time when being a Christ follower was the same as being a criminal or the same as being a seditious tyrant. We might live in that same time, especially in other countries. Our brothers and sisters who have been persecuted way beyond what we complain about, we should lift them up in prayer. It kicks our eyes off of our own problems and puts it on the perspective of what's going on in this world. But imagine being a persecuted for just going to church or preaching the gospel. The revelation of Jesus Christ is the most encouraging message a persecuted Christian or any Christian could receive. I'm going to give away the ending at the beginning. You know what the ending is? In the end, we win. That's the most encouraging thing you're going to hear. In the end, we win. So let's continue verses 9 through 11. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom, is partaking in the tribulation, not the great tribulation. The word tribulation means trials which are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And then he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. What's the Lord's day? Not to be confused with the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is the day of God's wrath. What's the Lord's day? Anybody know? Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's the Lord's day. So when is John in the Spirit? On Sunday. Sunday. That's why Sunday is so incredibly important. I mean, I know, see, God wants this message to get out, and it is getting out. The devil don't want it to get out. He doesn't want you to be encouraged. He doesn't want people to encourage. He doesn't want you to be in the spirit. He wants to be walking in the flesh and being stressed out about everything. In the spirit on Sunday. Don't miss Sundays. Don't miss the Lord's day. Don't miss your daily time with the Lord either. You'll be stressed out. So he says... And I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet saying, so what does Jesus tell John? Write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches. And then he lists the seven churches there. So that's an important part too, because John was supposed to write it, not for himself, for the edification of the churches. But also, as we're going to find out next week, Jesus rebukes some of the churches. Now." John was in isolation. He was separated from all the people he loved. And that's when he received this vision. You know, I don't know about you, but when I see Jesus the clearest, when I'm down in the dumps, when I'm high and mighty, thinking everything, I'm good, you know, and I'm going to be fine, and I don't need Jesus, and I don't need the Word, and I don't need God's help, and I don't need a Spirit, that's when I see Jesus the least. I see Jesus the most when I'm down in the dumps, when I'm isolated, when I'm separated from the people I love. We can learn a lot during this time, church, if we let God speak to us. So we go on in verse 12. Then I turn to see the voice. He hears the voice. He's going to see the voice. And having turned, what does he see first? Seven golden lampstands. We'll talk about that in a minute. But in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like a son of man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like bronze. And when it has been made to glow in a furnace and his voice was like the sound of many waters. And in his right hand, he held seven stars and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in the strength. Now imagine John is lifted into this Vision. He's in the spirit. He's seeing the reality of heaven. And the first thing he sees is Jesus. And he tries to explain Jesus in his glory. And he can't. We really can't. But let's look at what he says. He says, I saw one like a son of man in verse 13. Who else said that? Daniel, the prophet in the Old Testament. This is why Daniel, the book of Daniel and Revelation align. They go back and forth because a lot of what is in Revelation was also seen by Daniel. In fact, Daniel 7.13 says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. So it's Jesus. The son of man represents his humanity. The son of God represents his divinity. Jesus is coming back as the son of man because he's redeeming man. And then in verse 14, his head and hair were white like snow, his eyes like flame of fire. White like snow means like wise and old, but not in a decrepit way, in the ancient of days type of way, like eternal. He's seeing the eternality of Jesus and his eyes were like flaming fire, meaning Jesus sees all things and knows all things. So this isn't some white-haired Santa Claus you know, sitting on a big chair somewhere. He is the one that's taken seriously. Jesus, the word, and his feet like bronze, his voice like the sound of many waters. So what does bronze represent? Judgment. And his voice was loud and strong. So imagine John is writing this from an island where he's hearing the water break onto the shore. And he's saying, man, this is even louder than that. Have you ever been to Niagara Falls? I've been to Niagara Falls, and I'll tell you what, it is so loud. The voice of Jesus is incredibly strong and loud. And guess what's coming out of his mouth? Out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. Now, what's that? You have to know what that is. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. In other words, it cuts, but it heals and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's the word of God, which is Jesus. Verse 16, his face was like the sun, so bright. Remember when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. It's bright. It's hopeful. Now, this vision of Jesus can either scare you or comfort you. A fire can burn, but a fire can warm. The sun can scorch, but the sun can soothe. A sword can cut, but a sword can heal. The knife of the surgeon. So which Jesus do you know? I hope you know him as John knew him. Now what else does John see? He sees seven lampstands. So he turns And he sees seven lampstands. What do the lampstands represent? The seven churches. Jesus tells us this in the end of the passage. He says the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So again, we don't have to get bogged down in the imagery and go, what is it? If he wants you to know what it is, he's going to tell you. See, there's a purpose for revelation. It's not to freak you out and to confuse you. It's to encourage you. What else does John see? He sees seven stars. In his right hand, he held seven stars. Jesus held them. What do the seven stars represent? Well, Jesus tells us the angels, the messengers of the seven churches. Now, when it says angels, it is the word in Greek called angelos, which is translated as angel, but it can also be translated as messenger. So that's why I believe that the seven stars are the seven messengers to the church. What would that be? It would be the pastors. I believe that Jesus is speaking to the church through the pastors. And that is an incredible responsibility. I'm telling you right now, I take that very humbly, that God has called me to be his voice to the church. I'm passionate about it. I live for this. I want to go out this way. I want you to know the truth. I don't want to deceive you like the other people in the world will try to deceive you, other leaders and other government leaders. I want to pastor you. I want to feed you the word of God. The book of Revelation is not only about the future, It's about what God wants to say to us today. And what's the biggest takeaway? This is the biggest takeaway for today. It's all about Jesus. That's what God wants to say to you today. It's all about Jesus. Now, let's finish up reading verses 17 through 20. When I saw Jesus, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid, John. I love that. He says, I'm the first and the last. You have nothing to worry about, John. In fact, John, do you remember when you were on the shore after I rose from the dead and I was hanging out with Peter and you and we're eating some fish together? I told Peter how he would die. And Peter ended up dying, being crucified upside down. And Peter, you know, Peter, he says, hey, what about him? Tell me about him. And Jesus goes, what if I intend on John living forever? Well, here's John. He knows he's not gonna live forever. He's close to death. But Jesus says, you live forever, John, because you're going to live with me. Don't be afraid. And he says, and I'm the living one. I was dead. That's good news. (laughs) I was dead. And behold, I'm alive forever. And I have the keys to death. That's Jesus. He holds the keys. Therefore, verse 19 again, write the things that you've seen, the things which are and the things to come. Verse 20, for the mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven lampstands. The seven stars are the angels or the messengers of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So what's the biggest takeaway? It's all about Jesus. But here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to read through chapter one, and I want you to write down what God tells you personally. Write it down. Write down what God says to you. Because he wants to speak to you today. Again, revelation is not just about the future. It's about what God wants to say to you today. So I hope you're encouraged and that you'd share this with people. Share the good news and get it out there because we need it more than ever. Thank you, Lord, for your love, for your mercy, for your forgiveness, Lord. And we know that Jesus is coming back soon and it's speeding up. So we're going to keep our eyes focused on our Lord and Savior And we're not going to get down in the dumps because we look up to heaven where everything is in total control. And we know, Lord, that no matter what happens on this earth, we can trust you for the outcome because you love us and you tell us not to be afraid. You are the beginning, the end, and nothing happens outside of your will. You are a loving God that we put our hope in. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Pastor David Bardowell's message reminds us that God speaks to us with hope and reason so that we can be His voice in this world. Please join us again for Make Me Your Voice, a ministry of the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. We would love to have you join us for a Sunday service. For more information or to find our location, please visit thegatecbc.com.